You are listening to episode 120 of the Africana Woman podcast, The Art of Rooting, with Nako Kande. My name is Chulu, your host. Let's go. Hello, beautiful. It is a new month. For some, it's Women's Month, but we know. (laughs) We know right here, it's Women's Day every day, right? So people keep asking me, Chulu, what are you doing for Women's Day? And I smile to myself because I celebrate women day in, day out. It's not an occasion to me, it's my normal. (laughs) So if you ever need a dose of love, make sure you find us here at Africana Woman. We got you any time of the year okay so what i am doing is supporting a couple of sister organizations this month namely phenomenal women global they are hosting an online webinar on the 8th of march 2024 which will feature my women crush we three queens of africa listen i absolutely love those women (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, make sure you go sign up and you'll find the link in the show notes. And then on the 10th of March, I am a speaker for Africa Women's Day, AWD, quarterly panel virtual discussion. And this will be from 4 to 6 p.m. Central African time. The topic is Innovating for Impact Strategies and Success Stories of African Female Entrepreneurs. Again, please sign up with the link in the show notes. And as the Gender Sports Commission for the National Olympic Committee of Zambia, we are running a digital campaign to celebrate Women's Day. Please make sure you follow NOX, that's the short end of National Olympic Committee of Zambia. So follow NOX on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn to see our amazingly talented athletes. I'll drop the links in the show notes. By the way, some of you may be wondering, where are these show notes she's always talking about? (laughs) Don't you hate it when you're like in a new job, a new organization, and everyone is talking in abbreviations and shorthand, and you're kind of thinking, are they speaking English? Like, is there something wrong with me? (laughs) (laughs) That happened to me this week, twice, not even once. So the show notes are the description of the podcast episode, right? So when you click the episode, you usually see a little blurb that starts telling you a little bit about the show, the actual episode, right? That's the show notes. So all you have to do is click the, um, click that episode, right? The title, and it will expand the full description and voila there are your show notes. The mystery is over. (laughs) So as you can see, I am very excited to be a supporting act this month of March. I would say I am happy to support more Women's Day events, but the truth is my February has been so out of balance. I suspect that's the case for many of you. I took a temperature check in the visionaries group and I asked them to describe the month of February with one word. And the word that kept coming up was challenging. Girl, I feel you. 
you know, I got used to a certain routine um, starting last year, and that's been thrown out of the window this year. And I'm struggling to kind of find a flow. Even worse, I have felt unnaturally tired. And now that I'm saying it out loud, it's sort of like, it's reminiscent of, you know, like a cyclic crisis. So I have the sickle cell trait and in the past, I've also had a sickle cell crisis. Um, I think maybe about three. So it's like, there's a pain in my bones, almost like an itch you cannot scratch. And my body feels like a punching bag at the end of a pro boxer workout, sis. The struggle is real, but don't worry. I'll, I'm going to go get myself checked out. All this to say, I get it. I get it. If February was challenging for you, you are not alone. Okay. My heart and my mind really want to support more women's day events this month, but I think that my body is just not ready. It's not there this month. Right. And, um, I would cheer you on. You guys can send me your posters. I would love to share them. So go ahead and do that. That's one way I, we can support you as Africana woman. But, um, other than that, we're going to be just cheering you on from the sidelines. <laughs> And if you have felt like February was so challenging for you, listen, the best part is that we can choose to be healthier, happier, and wholer in March, okay? So this week on the podcast, we have a very special guest. Her name is Nako Kande. Now, if there's a kind of woman I admire in this world, it is a woman with multiple children. Yo, guys, me, yeah, I've got one. I've got one and I feel tired, you know? <laughs> Women with multiple children are so good at managing their time and being productive. Like, how do you do it? Please, somebody make it make sense to me. I'm telling you, if you want to learn a thing or more about being a leader, speak to a mom with multiple children, okay? And Nako has got four kids. Listen, this woman is out in these streets killing it. Now, I know that we started off season five with a racy topic, okay? But from here on, we're going to be going for a slow burn, and I would really love for you to be in the moment as you listen to each of our guests. And what's going to happen is you're going to catch the golden nuggets. They drop so casually in the conversations. You have to be listening attentively to catch those things. To be honest, I believe many of these episodes need more than one listen because they're so layered and nuanced. And I think each time that you're going to listen to it, you're going to hear something different, right? So I would just recommend that you, you know, just take in the season. It's, it's, it's an absolutely beautiful season. All right. It's time to listen to this week's episode. Enjoy. Nako Conde is officially a full-time mom of four who is passionate about nature, art, and culture. She is a poet, artist, artisan, 
author of eight books, guys, and counting. Nako is also the founder of Nakivoire, a skincare and lifestyle brand inspired by nature and culture. She was born in Abidjan in Côte d'Ivoire, but she has been living in the USA for over 20 years. Her dad is from Guinea. She is the niece of the famous chora player and griot, Mori Conte. Nako is a big mental health advocate, in addition to being an advocate of nature. She is also a Chattanooga's Black Excellence Awards Best Author nominee 2021. And guess what, guys? One of her books was acknowledged by the Obamas. I don't know why she doesn't have that on her bio, but I'm going to shout her out. But... Anyway, so I am so excited to talk to Nako, and welcome to the Africana Woman Mic. Hey, girl. Hey, thank you for having me. I am so glad. You know, I forgot to put the books nomination. It's actually two, two years in a row that I got nominee, and the second year I got nomination for like best something else. It was best offer and something else. I don't even remember. But thank you for remembering this because I, I forgot about it. No, we're not going to forget. I like to make sure that I am always boasting and just, you know, putting out all of your gloriousness on the podcast. So, yes, I'm going to mention it. <laughs> well, I appreciate but, it. Thank yeah, you. I'm so excited. Okay, so let's tell the audience how we met. I feel like this, what's your version? And then I'll tell my version. <laughs> My version of what? Of how we met. Oh my God. My version is I woke up one day and you went my DM. And I'm like, no, first I woke up one day and I saw that you were following me. And I've just put my Instagram on private. So when I got the follow request, I'm like, never come on private. That girl is requesting me. Like, who is she? And then I saw that you have interviewed Miss Linda Murray. And Melinda Murray and I have like the craziest connection. Like the way we connected is like, huh? So when I saw that, I'm like, okay, she seems interesting. And then I saw the book club, that you had a book club. I'm like, oh, now that's my kind of people. I got to get in this. I love books. So this is how we met. And I'm so grateful. And I don't know if I mentioned that to you, like the book I just finished. I actually mentioned you at the end of a book in my gratitude section, because I was like, I'm so grateful for her because I feel like being so far away from home, you meeting you has kind of like pull me, reel me back home and be like, you know, you may be far away, but you still you you still belong here. We still want you on the continent. Yes. We still want you part of home. And that's how it felt spiritually. Like you kind of like brought me back to feel like I finally have something I didn't have, like a sisterhood, group of sister, brilliant woman to meet and interact with. That's how we met. And I was like, I thank God, like the first week or month, I kept saying thank you to God for you like so many times. I'm like, I'm so glad, I'm so grateful for you. I'm so grateful for you. I'm so grateful for you. But this is my version. <laughs> so my version is, you know, I love to go on the, actually, do you know what? It's 
that I love to. I don't know. I was in this period where I was just like, oh, let me see like who is interesting out there. And I find this account that's just, it's, I don't know, it's just exuding all of this positivity. And I'm so glad you said yes, because then I was like, okay, hi, in the DM. <laughs> well, we've got all these other things as well. And your energy, girl, like in the book club and in, you know, whatever it is that you're doing, I just love it. I absolutely love how you're so passionate and um, and I think the right word is authentic. I think that's what I really connect with, connect with, with you because you're just you, you're just, you're okay with being you and the way you express it is so beautiful. You know what I mean? So I love it. I absolutely love it. I appreciate this. Thank you. I'm more comfortable being me too. It took a while. It's been yeah. like a journey and a process. And there have been times in my life when I feel like an octopus that somebody tried to put in a box. And every time you try to push one leg, my other leg is out because I cannot just fit in that box. Yeah. And then I'm like, okay, I'm just going to be the octopus with all my legs like all over the place. And I'm just going to be comfortable with this. But... I'm comfortable being me and I am more and more aware that spiritually there's no reason for me to be anybody else but me so yeah it shows like it so shows and you just glow all the time I love it I don't you know I have so many questions for you and I'm just like where do I start oh my god okay let's start where we always start on the Africana Woman podcast what is your favorite childhood memory Ooh. Oh my God. I think all my favorite childhood memories will have to do with water. Like going to Sunday morning, going to the pool with my mother, or Sunday morning, going to the beach with my cousins for the day, with my mom, my cousins for the day. And then coming home at the end of the day, when we go to the beach, coming home tired and getting in bed Sunday night and feeling like the bed is moving i'll be laying on the bed and feel like there are waves on the bed that's like my top favorite memories and the reason for it is that a lot of the time if we were going to the pool we will go to that resort pool and then go visit my grandmother afterward and have all kind of like uh, snacks a special snack that only her will make so my favorite memories have to do with water and my grandmother and my cousin family and water that's like really like my super favorite memory yeah that's a beautiful memory it's a beautiful memory and how did you find yourself in the U.S. because obviously you're born in Abidjan and then now you've been an immigrant you know you've you're an immigrant. I don't know when it stops. But anyway, let's say you immigrated to the US and then you've been there for 20 years, right? So what yeah. was that journey like? Oh, I came for college. I when I left high school, I live in Abidjan in France, like two countries. But then my last years of high school, my high school was in Abidjan. And then I came for college, never planned on staying. 
I came for college and then I met my husband on campus and got married 21 years ago. And that's how I ended up being stuck in America. <laughs> and if I had to do this over again, I think I would like change some of the data and be like, okay, let's redo this this way and redo this a little this way and redo this. But this is how I find myself to be here. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, if you're paying attention, guys, in the bio that I read, she has four children. And when you look at her, um, this ma'am, this madam, uh, I'm like, where where did they come from? I don't understand. Like, they, they came from where? <laughs> She is like the fountain of youth. And I'm like, whatever you are doing, babe, I need to subscribe. I need to subscribe. So I was looking at um your skincare products and I was like, I need to get onto that. Like, tell me about what you do to be this fountain of youth. To that, I think the number one credit I may say is prayer. And I think I use prior and my mom has always been like big on natural things. You know, she's always into, my, uh, now that I look back, my mom have always lived like that healthy things, like avocado on the face, healthy lifestyle, cause we grew up with natural things. And then now that I'm older and I look back, I'm like, I grew up watching her and adopting things, but I didn't realize how much I was scoping her over time. And my mom walks a lot and she swims and she used to swim a lot. So I stopped doing those stuff before I realized what was working, right? It's like sometimes you do things that work and then it's when you start that your body change or your lifestyle change, you realize you're like, what was working before? And then you realize that there were things you were doing intuitively. So I never use any, I don't use lotion. I only use shea butter. Like when I grew up, that was from the time I was born to my whole life is the one thing my mother used on us was shea butter. And when I was, when I got my first child, my first daughter, she had like eczema and skin issue. So then that's why I was like, oh, maybe I will mix something. But instead of using shea butter, like the African way, the raw way, because this kind of smell a little, it's too strong. I started mixing like with essential oil. And that's actually, I got, you know, I kept using shea butter and people will be like, I have friends still today. We may be in public, like female friends. And then they give me a hug or we may be sit together and they'll be like, your skin is so soft. And I'm like, well, I don't use anything else, but the shea butter I make. So that's the only thing. And so skin wise, the shea butter, I tend to eat as healthy as I can. I love candies. I love chocolate. So I kind of like allow myself to have my chocolate. I believe I should still have the cake. I allow myself to have my sweets as long as I have like more healthy things in my nutrition. And I feel like with a lot of water, since we made out of it, with a lot of water and a lot of like vegetable, water rich, I don't even like vegetables, water rich fruits and vegetables, then your body will do what your body is supposed to do. That's my secret. So my secret is all nature, you know, and I'm not even vegetarian, right? But I just strongly believe that 
the more raw your food is, the better it is for your skin. And I had a season where for a week, I had like mostly raw food. And I feel like it changed me mentally. Like it changed my sleeping patterns. It changed my, um, my thinking. It's like raw food is just so pure that I feel like psychologically, even spiritually kind of shift things. And I would love to do that again, but I have four kids and they like meat and it's really hard to be around kids <laughs> that eat certain things. Or when you cook for them, you're like, oh, I cannot go wrong with those kids, you know, but I still strive to eat healthy. So that's, I guess, whatever God gave us is the secret. That's how I would put it. Mm, yeah. Now, lady, um, I'm just going to go back and let everybody know all the things you'll be doing. She is a poet, an artist, an artisan, an author of eight books, guys, eight books. She has um, Nakivwa and she has four kids. I'm like, I have one. <laughs> and I have one organization and I'm tired. <laughs> Please help us, sister. Help us, sister. I'm not even married. Like, how are you doing this, girl? How are you doing it? I get that question so much. <laughs> oh, I don't even know. It's like, okay, let's just say I'll give credit again. I think I'll go back to nature right and i'll go back to when the kids were smaller i started writing when i had my fourth child she was born with down syndrome right so she was a special need kids and i remember one time somebody got in my inbox and was like hey are you a writer i'm like i'm not a writer why you ask me that and he's like because you post about the books you read a lot and i'm like so i'm a reader why would you ask me if i'm a writer so one day we have a conversation and I'm showing pictures with stack of my journal. And the person see the stack of my journal and say, what's this? And I'm like, that's, those are my journal. And it's like, that's a lot. You journal all the time. I'm like, yeah, I journal particularly every day. And it's like, you're selfish. And I'm like, how am I selfish? And it's like, if you journal like this, you have things to share. So if you have things to share, you should share it. Why don't you write? And I was so upset to become selfish. I'm like, what oh, did you call me selfish? And that's how one day I went on a walk and I started having a conversation in my head about the book. About it. I started having a conversation in my head and I thought I was having mental issues. I was like, oh my God, I'm talking to myself. Oh my God, I'm having a conversation in my head because it's always like different characters speaking to each other. And finally, I realized it may be a book. I rush home, I tap everything for hours. Then a friend come in the evening, my daughter say, mom wrote a book today. And my friend was like, oh, give it to me. My husband loved to edit stuff. He can edit it. But I still didn't know I was going to turn the book into reality, right? So I am crying to God and I say, you give me this book. What do I do with it? And how am I going to illustrate this book? And my friend was like, you take a lot of picture, use your own picture. And I'm thinking, how am I going to use my own picture? I don't have a D. I didn't have a fancy camera at the time, just a point of shoot, right? And I was like, you know what? I'm going to use what I have and I'm going to start where I am. And the story of doing it with four kids is that I had the habit of telling myself, 
whatever my means are today, I will use it. If it's not fancy enough for somebody else, it's okay. But I'm going to start where I am and eventually the right people will want to support me. And I'm going to start with what I got. So this is how you do it to four kids. You start where you are, you use what you got, including your kids. So I will go, I may go to the park and my kids will be with me and I'll be writing as much as I can. And I incorporate my kids along the process. So by the time I got to my third book, it's called, it's a pineapple thing. It's a cookbook with nothing but pineapple recipes. I got all my savings, decide to cook nothing but pineapple recipe for a week. I will homeschool during the day, cook in the evening. My kids will help me with pictures, clean up at nighttime and, we, and spend the rest of the night typing my notes, going through the pictures. And my daughter, I don't remember how old she was at the time. My daughter was very young. My teenage daughter was pretty young and she helped my pictures. So my kids were my testers, my kids were my stagers, my kids, of course, were my helpers to clean the kitchen, my kids were my, um, giving me ideas, and I explained in the book, you know, I have small kids, I don't have a team, I don't have this, I don't have that, but use your kids, and when you use kids, when you have kids and you use them, you realize they're so intelligent, kids have so much to teach us. And I'm one of those people, I will sit, you put kids in the room. I may not even go listen to the experts in the room. I may sit down and sit. I may, I'm the kind of person who may sit down and listen to what the kids think about the event or think about stuff because kids have a perspective. They're not trying to impress you, right? They're not trying to impress people and they're not going to lie to you. If they like something, they'll tell you. If a kid tells you something is good, you feel good because you're like, mm, I'm on I'm onto something in here. If your kids say, mm -mm, I don't know what you're trying to do in here, you're like, okay, maybe this is not the right way to go. So I do all these things is I incorporate my kids as much as possible. And in the last book I was doing, The Art of Routine, I remember there were days I would sit on the kitchen table and I have so much work. And I put so much pressure on my, myself to do work. And I'm like, I need quiet, I need quiet, I need quiet. And the kids will come and they'll talk and talk and talk. And I have to remember, you know what? Forget the book, just chill, listen to the conversation, you know, see what's going on with them. So how you do it, you have to be intuitive to, you have to be intuitive to the time. You know what do I said there's a time for everything. You have to be intuitive to when it's time to be present and listen to them and shut down the walk mode. And then when you have when you have time for yourself, you also have to train yourself to be present. So the way I do all the stuff I'm doing is because I'm extremely present to what I'm doing. If I say I'm going to hike, I'm going nature. That's what I'm doing. I'm present. I tell the kids I am gone for one to two hours. I'm gone. I will only answer to emergencies, but I'm gone. And then when you have kids, you also have to teach them the value of what you're doing. You know, and that's how they support you. That's how they respect your time. Your kids have to understand that it's not so much about money. At this stage, it's about purpose. And 
I have to, my kids have to understand just because I don't walk out of the house or don't make pay the bills or, you know, I'm not the dad. They still have to understand my work matters to me. And that's important. And that's how you get, uh, that's how I get everything done with kids. But my real plug is nature. That's why I'm such a big thing on mental health and nature, because I feel, and I document this in the last book, I feel like when I go in nature, I can spend 30 minutes to an hour in nature. And when I come back, I do things like this. It's so fast and so intuitive, and there's so much synchronicity that I realize I'm not doing this with my own strength. Like I go and I release it. And when I come back, I can get stuff done so fast after I get my nature break. That's why I'm a strong believer in like telling people, take time to rest, spend time in nature, because the way it will recharge you, you can get a whole lot more done in one hour that if you were home stressed out, worry and be like, I get it, I need to get it done, I need to get it done. Versus like, you know what, I'm going to release it. And then when you release it, you come back, you're so focused. And this is how I get it done with four kids and cleaning the house and everything else. That's how you get it done. You use nature and then you be present for yourself. And then you realize that your kids have to learn your process. And I don't like rushing. I don't believe in rushing. I hate rushing. So I feel like when you, when you train yourself to be calm, you get a whole lot more done than when you're stressing and rushing. And it's a good thing to pass on to the kids too. So that's my long answer for it. But. So this week I hosted a masterclass called From Stuck to Unstoppable. I highly recommend you go watch it. You'll find it on africanawoman.com. Now, one of the things I told the ladies in the masterclass is that it is so easy to pray to God for a miracle in your life, right? And yet, when you actually study the miracles in the Bible, you will find that the person who was being blessed had a role to play in their miracle, Go check it out. Go check it out. Okay. So instead of praying, God, send me a miracle. I would highly recommend that your prayer should ask for revelation of what your role is in your miracle. Basically, you have to play an active role in the transformation you are seeking in your life. So we as Africana women can support that transformation in our personal brand course. Take a journey of self-discovery, find your voice and become unstoppable. Our next cohort is from 5th March to 8th of April. Find out more on africanawoman.com. The personal brand course is for the women who know beyond measure that enough is enough, something has to break. So back to the episode. You know, you're a big mental health advocate. Um, and why is that? Is there like a personal experience you've had with that? Or, you know, what what is driving you to help people and, you know, help them to get to like a better space? Um, it's definitely highly personal. I had 
seasons where I contemplate suicides. I have seasons where I felt like I'm done with life. I have seasons where I felt extremely overwhelmed. And some of the reasons why I'm such a mental health advocate is because having with four kids, I live in America. I don't have a support system. I don't have the village, right? I didn't have the luxury to raise my kids with their cousins. You know, I didn't have, there's so many things I don't have here. So it's just me. And on top of that, I live, when I got married, we, we live away from my in-laws and I live in a small city here. And there are so much resources that I don't have, so much help that I don't have, so much support. Like the list of the things I don't have, it's so long. <laughs> it's just so long. And then there were times when I felt like, okay, if I don't do better, I'm going to lose it. But then, and then I had some more serious personal things going on till I realized that, you know, when they say, some people would say it's mental, it's mental, it's mental. What saved me is reading. Like I read a lot. So what saved me is reading during my sol solitude. And then eventually I started running. When I had my fourth child, she was she had uh, she has Down syndrome, and I was so depressed. I didn't know if it was postpartum depression or just depression from realizing that I had a child grieving the fact that I have a child that will never look normal or challenges that I didn't know what the challenge would be. So I started running as a way to cope with depression in the beginning. So I saw the value of running and eventually I realized running it was not for me. It has nothing to do with weight loss. It was all mental. And then when I made certain change in my nutrition, I also realized that nutrition had nothing with weight loss. Like I mentioned to you about raw food. Raw food does things, healthy food does things to your brain, to your chemistry. So I started valuing all those things. And for me, everything is connected. Time in nature, time in prayer, what you eat. For me, it's all mental health because we try to dissociate mental health as one thing and this health as the other thing. And I'm like, no, it's all the same thing. The thing that you will eat will affect your mental health. The movement is part of your mental health. You don't have to be a runner, but you have to move your body. Movement is part of mental health. So I'm a big advocate because I know our body sucks to be in that place where you're crying at night, you, um, you want a certain life that you don't know how you're going to attain. You look at all the stuff that you don't, you don't have. You look at all your struggles and you feel like you're stuck. And then but the only thing that you have left is, is here, right? So if I'm going to be stuck in a situation, who do I need to spend quality time with? It's me in my head. So that's why mental health is a big deal for me. And I don't wish to anyone to be in a situation where you have post, I mean, you know, um, traumas, where you have memories of traumas coming back to your, to your mind. So a lot of things that helped with my journey, I would journal and I document this too in the book. I would journal like for years, I've been journaling 10 things that I like in 10 things I'm grateful for. I journal things I'm grateful for. Time in nature is vital to my mental health. 
I don't think that we can be healthy without nature time. I don't know if it's possible, but for me, I don't think there's a big connection to me for mental health and nature. So I document these things and I used to make like a list of things daily. I would write the list every single night of things that I'll do every next day. Meditation, stretch, drink more water, eat X number of fruits. So I will have like a strategy to tackle my mental health. And I'm also, one thing with mental health for me, I'm a big, I'm big into sustainable things. Like it has to work. It has to make sense. There's no need. If you tell me not, you have to meditate for an hour, you never catch me meditating. Cause I'm like, okay, this is not for me. I cannot sit still for even 11 minutes. The most I can do is 11 minutes. After 11 minutes, I'm like, is this thing going to ring anytime soon? So whatever you do for your mental health, it has to be sustainable. And then you have to believe that every little change matters. Like even if it's small, you have to trust that before you know it, one day you turn around, you're better. And I would say affirmation too is part of my mental health strategies, but affirmation that growing with scripture. I think that one problem that we have, we have people talking about affirmation and then we have people talking about, oh, I'm a Christian, I don't use affirmation. But I'm like, do you know, didn't God tell Abraham to look at the sky and to visualize the stars and the number of kids you will have? So we'd like to dissociate religion from affirmation and think there's a disconnection. But then there's a, isn't there a scripture that say meditate on the world day and night and you shall prosper, you shall have good success? What does meditate day and night mean? That means you're constantly repeating something. So my thing is that I like to like go to the scriptures and like pull up things that I know I like, uh, I align with my meditation, with my affirmation. Like when you say the Lord is, the joy of the Lord is the strength, of, the Lord is the strength of my life. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Those are all affirmations. Those are affirmations. And I feel like those are good for mental, for mental health too. And one last thing is that, have you read the book Men search for men search for meaning by Viktor Frankl. You gotta read that book. It's I think he was the first person to come into that psychoanalysis or something. Like he created like the he was the first in some kind of psychology school, and he was um how you call it one Holocaust. He was a Holocaust survivor. He was put in Holocaust camp, and then he wrote the book. And you document uh, thinking certain things will help you with overcoming things. So he explained in the book uh, being a Holocaust survivor, being in concentration camp, right? Being in concentration camp, he explained that the only way to survive concentration camp was what you train your mind to think. And he would say, he could tell immediately who was soon to die, but how? their mind will start shifting and they start hoping. So he used to visualize himself being free. He used to visualize himself teaching his, his research to people. So he was saying, unless you can see yourself having better, even when you're in so much pain, even if you're being tortured, even if you're eating potato, nothing but raw potatoes, unless you can see yourself better, you are never going to make it. And that book is, what I go to a lot mentally when I have challenges, mental health wise, 
because I always had to tell myself, if that guy was in the worst of the worst situation, and he could tell yourself that one day he was going to have a good meal, and one day he was going to be in the, in the class and teach students how to survive mental issues, I can do that. So this is why mental health for me is a big deal. Because unless I'm a better version of me, my kids will not have the best version of me. Mm. So I'm a strong believer, like putting myself first in that sense. I sacrifice, I have sacrificed a lot over the years, but unless I put my mental conditioning first, I have nothing left to offer. I will not even be offering you myself today, right? So mental health is a big deal because it's, it's not just, it's connected to our spirit too. So it's very important. I know how bad it is to be in a bad place. Mm. So it's important to me that, hey, take care of you here. And then everything will not change. But then you realize that your physical situation may not change. But once you change in here, so many things are getting better, you know? And then you attract people like you <laughs> into your life. <laughs> but totally. that's why. What has... What has your youngest daughter taught you? The youngest one. <laughs> the youngest daughter, when I had her and realizing that she was born with Down syndrome, she taught me today I had self-esteem issues, right? I didn't think I was beautiful. I didn't think I had the long list of stuff I was bad at. So having my youngest daughter, I remember asking myself one day when I look at her, she has Down syndrome, a body looks different. Whatever challenges she will have, am I going to teach self-esteem to that child? You know, I look normal, but I don't have self-esteem. Am I going to teach that child that she can do anything she wants? If I look normal, but I am binding myself from doing certain things. So my youngest daughter really taught me to to push and, and disregard what people will think. And I started writing my first book after having her. I run half marathon after having her. I do a lot of the things that I do now. It's like, why not? Why not do it? Why not do it? Like, who's going to stop me? Who's going to check me? Like, who has the right to keep me from doing it? Who's stopping me but me? So interestingly, I succeeded to passing a lot of confidence to her that I have to be like, girl, chill. <laughs> you know? She's probably like the most confident child in the house. Like she loves to dance and she dances with attitude. When you get the phone or camera ready, she's posing. She'll teach you how to pose. Like she just has so much confidence. And one day my teenage daughter said she has more of your personality your personality than all of us in the house and actually took this as a compliment because i'm like oh i didn't realize it was i was like this thank you you know so having a special need child you cannot offer you cannot give a child what you don't have so my biggest lesson is whatever i have to pass on to her i need to have it myself so she gave me the, she forced me to like go after a lot of stuff 
and like wake up and see my own value and know that my value didn't depend on my my look you know because i'm like every woman i wish i was taller i wish this looked different i wish i had darker skin i wish so many things were different with me so i had to tell myself you know girl chill accept yourself because that child will have to know how to accept herself just like she is and you as a mother have to accept your child because i cannot change her i cannot i fasted i prayed so many things you can only change so many things right so she teach me that there's some stuff you can change you have to learn to accept in life but at the same time whatever you are capable of doing better you're responsible to make it better so that's what she told me that's beautiful that's beautiful so what is the inspiration behind your latest book the art of rooting inspiration oh how is inspiration for this book you got to laugh you know when i wrote the art of rooting it was middle of april i had like i was shaking like some kind of depression i was very depressive during the winter and i think i'm one of those people who have who seriously have like bad mental my mind is not the best without the sun i'm i'm definitely like a sun person so when winter comes, not being as active and stuff like this I, my mood is just like it's not there so the middle of april i had broken an ankle from trail running and i have injured my ankle from trail running and i was so depressed that i couldn't do anything i'm like okay i'm just going to drag myself hiking to the forest. And since I cannot hike a lot, I just find one spot, put my folding chair there and sit. So I started doing this and kid you not, one day I am walking out of a trail and I hear something I hear. Like the inspiration come, hey, write a book on trees. And kid you not, I stop and I look around and I'm like, a oh, book on trees. How am I going to say about trees? What's to talk about? And then I went on the chat, remember? And I said, hey, anybody want to talk about tree? And that's how you connected me to Mwapay's organization. And so on May 1st, I started talking to her. And then it unfolded into a life of its own. And then I realized that I feel like this book made me realize as an artist, and as a writer, that the book chose me. That book feels so spiritual to me that I feel like it was one of those assignments that I had to say yes to because the process of writing this book has been so, so special. It's been so different from my other books. And that was an inspiration realizing that okay something spiritual is going on here i don't know what's going on i'm just going to be obedient and every process of this book was like a beautiful discovery and me doing things i did not even know i could do meeting people and would not have met unless i have said yes to that book so you cannot even take full credit for the inspiration from that book I was just released to God. And I told, I told myself that summer, this year I'm not writing any book because I wrote a book last year. I was like, this year I'm not writing anything. I'm just going to rest. I do nothing. 
And then I spent the rest of my summer and three months writing a book. And I'm like, so much for doing nothing, right? And it turned into two books. It turned into that book, and then it turned into a coloring book, proven activities in it. So I say the biggest deal is that when you back again to nature, when you release yourself and give your time yourself the grace to rest, you have ideas that are so beautiful that you be able to do things that you be like, why didn't I think about that before, you know? And that go back to nature and mental health. So that's how I got the inspiration for writing the book or the plug. <laughs> but that's how it happened. Uh, you know, I can talk to you for a very long time. <laughs> but um, I just wanted to say, I feel like, because um, last week, uh, like you said, like when something just like pops in your head and you're just like, okay, let's go, let's do it. So it popped in my head. I said, no, I, I want to have Nako on the podcast. Um, so I asked uh, our team to reach out to you. And I feel like just listening to you talk, um, like I can see why like this was supposed to happen. Um you know, we have a saying um, in Africana women, which is know your roots, grow your purpose. I don't know if you know that. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and know in particular is an abbreviation, right? So K is knowledge. So know who you are and whose you are. And I think you are so, so, so there. And N is nourish. So being very intentional about how you nourish yourself, whether it's your mind, your body, your spirit. And then always operating in obedience when you're talking about, okay, I'm going to do this book. Like, I feel like throwing this table up or something. I don't know. And then W is weakness. Really understanding that, you know, if you fail, it's, it's not that you're a failure, but, you know, it's a learning point. It's a growth point. And even knowing that, you know, when you're weak, then God is strong and it's okay to ask for help in some form or another or not have to rely on yourself, like all your energy, you know, to get things done. Um, and everything like you've just been saying, I'm just like, oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. Yeah, so thank you. Thank you so, so much for sharing. Like I said, guys, you even heard at the beginning when I said, you know, the authenticity that I love from Nako is it just overflows and it just exudes and it's this is who she is. And I am so excited to to be able to share you with the world, really, on our podcast. I appreciate so. it. It's a pleasure. Yeah. It's a pleasure. Yeah. Thank you. Mm. That's good. And I didn't know about your roots. I didn't know. It was when I was working with Mwape one day. She was like, you know, like Chulu things, uh, Africana things about knowing your roots. I'm like, what? You know, because in the book, I use trees, but I use the roots of the trees, you know. And I talk about how the roots of a tree work biologically to nourish each other and take nourishment for each other and the strength. But I also explore my own roots. Uh, where I come from as an, Ameri as an African, 
has uh, is affecting me is and uh, and is impacting my work and what I want to accomplish. And so I explore like physical roots and natural and spiritual roots, you know, identity roots. And of course, I explore like the value of trees, why we need to protect the environment, why we need to conserve trees, why we need to consume from trees, you know. So I document, I have this weird journey in the book where I connect like continents and concepts and things. And I met a lady, a white lady recently. She's a retired pastor and, and teacher, retired teacher. And when she was told that I wrote the book, the person who introduced me to her was like, hey, she's a girl who wrote the two books that you bought. And she just jumped out of the chair. She just took at me, oh my God. And then she's like, I cried so much when I read your book for many reasons. She's like, I've never read anything like this. I've never read, it's so spiritual and it's so magical. And I look at her, I'm like, oh, it's interesting. But it's just fascinating to me. Uh, we can be so different. And that's one thing I point in the book. We can be so different, but we also are connected, you know? And that's why in the book, I talk about maintaining the environment because we all, we may all have different backyards. We have to be responsive, responsible for our backyards, but our backyards is connected. But humanity-wise, we are so different, but we also have to honor the humanity of each other. And this is why the whole roots thing is for me, because you have to know who we are. But at the same time, we have to know that we're still connected. You know, like the roots in the underground, they're still touching and feeding off each other on the ground. And this is why your work is so valuable to me. And this is why I respect and value you so much, mm -hmm. because I'm like, I love this. I love this. This woman is conscious that it takes all of us to have this beautiful forest of strong, vibrant African women and non-African. So it takes this. So you interview me, but you don't know. I got a bunch of questions for you too. I'm like, next time, I'm the one calling the shots and the questions in here. But I'm really, it's really is a pleasure to meet you finally, finally be able to talk and have this conversation. Your work is special. And I know you know that, but I want to take the time to tell you again, your work is special. There have been times when I really had like tears, of, and I'm not just saying gratitude, but seriously tears of gratitude for your work. So I appreciate what you're doing. Thank you. You got like a big fan in me. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, uh, okay. I feel like we need a part two then, because if you've got questions, then we need to come back <laughs> and address the questions, right? So I'm just going to wrap up today um, with four questions. And, okay. you know, you tell me whatever will come to mind. Yeah. Okay. So the first question is, what are you rooted to? What I'm rooted to? I want to say nature, water, mainly water, because I'm obsessed with water, and community. Community is a big deal to me. So water and community. Oh, at least I want to be more rooted in community. But I would say water and community. Okay. Um... What are your favorite ways to nourish your mind, your body, and your soul? 
water. <laughs> my favorite way to nourish my mind is really sitting down by a body of water. Like, I just have to sit. Or even sitting in the tub. Like, when the weather is too cold for me to be inside water outdoors, if I'm not sitting in front of it, I have to be in it. This is an indispensable now for me. To a point that if I get depressed for days, all a friend have to ask is, when was the last time you got in the bathtub? Because those close to me realize that I have that addiction to it. So immediate thing will be being by the water. Uh, Body-wise, when I, my body starts feeling a certain way, immediate thing would be drink, drink. Are you dehydrated? What's going on with you? Drink and drink is water or a cup of tea. I will always go back to water. As far as my spirit, spirit, soul, and body, it's all water for me initially. Do you have a weakness that has now become a superpower? <laughs> Whoa! Yo, that's a question. Okay. I used to be very insecure by my accent, right? I used to be extremely insecure by my accent, like bad. And I used to be afraid of talking to people in public. And I remember one day I went to a party, I was so quiet. And then the friend, a guy and I start talking about food. He's a chef, he's doing well now. And we start talking about food and people start gathering around like, you talk? And I'm like, of course I talk. And they were like, you were dead for hours, you didn't say anything. But once we start talking about food and culture, I was like, so I used to be so uncomfortable and ashamed with my accent. So I've turned my accent into my superpower because when I perform poetry, um, I use the, I will start in French just to say, okay, I know I got an accent, okay? So I will start in French and then go in English and I have recordings, I have like poems recorded in French and in English available and stuff on Apple and things. But I turn this insecurity into my superpower because now when I perform, people will be like, can you speak more French? Or people will be like, hey, you don't do enough French today, you know? So I totally use this insecurity into like, hey, I'm the bilingual girl in here. My books are in French, my performance are in French, my recording are in French, I own this. That's now my superpower. Amazing, amazing. What, what do you know as a certainty? You. Um, what I know, I go back to nature. What I know as a certainty is that we're more spiritual beings than we realize, you know, and we're more spiritual beings than we realize, and that nature is more spiritual than we want to acknowledge it. And what I also know as a certainty is that, and I mentioned that in the book, we have those division of belief about religions and nature. If somebody doesn't like well, let's say our African traditions. Some Christian we say they're practicing witchcraft because nature. And then then as African we look at Christianity a certain way. But then when what I know for sure is that when I go through the Bible and I mentioned that in the book, 
what I know for the Bible is that water, for example, no matter what you believe, we are all have a spiritual connection to water. Like there may be people who worship to the God of water, but there are many relations we baptize with water, right? We cannot live without it. So what I know for sure is that no matter what our differences in relation, no matter what our differences in nature and culture, back to the water thing, we have we all have a spiritual connection to it. It's bigger. It's bigger than Christianity. It's bigger than idolatry. It's just it is what it is, like people say. That's one thing I know for sure. Is that no matter how much we want to fight about it, uh, no matter how much we want to disagree about our practice. We have a spiritual connection to nature and with spiritual being. I know that much for sure. So you're so special. I just love you. Girl, can you please let people know how do they find you? How do they follow you? How do they support you? So where do they go? Okay, so you can find me on Instagram at Nakiboa or Nakokonde. You can support me by listening, buying, by recording on Apple Music or Spotify. Uh, type Nako Kande and listen to my poetry. You can check, follow my YouTube channel, subscribe to the YouTube cha channel on Nako Good Health Queen. And you can definitely support me by buying books and type Nako Candy on Amazon, buy the books, buy my journal and leave reviews on the books and journals and tell as many people as possible. That's how you can support me. Yeah, fantastic. Thank you so much. This has Thank been so too. special. Thank you so much. I, I have enjoyed this. I have enjoyed this so, so much. Thank, Thank you. you. I love this episode. So even though, you know, you see me as a public speaker, even I struggle with showing up authentically. Just this week, self-doubt was activated in me by being in spaces with absolutely amazing people. Everything was okay, okay. <laughs> Everything was okay until they started introducing themselves. Ooh, bullets started sweating. Surgeons, doctors, lawyers, bankers, serial entrepreneurs, engineers. And then there was me sitting there thinking, I am not as educated. I am not as accomplished. OMG, what am I doing here? <laughs> but I had to walk myself off the cliff and say, just because your work is not it's not in line with traditional careers. It does not make it any less significant. So one of my major activators, or as others would say triggers, is that I never went on to do a master's degree. Truth is, I don't actually want to do it. But by society standards, sometimes I can think I'm a failure with very little to offer because I didn't do a master's degree. Hmm. Now, fortunately, God always counteracts that by reflecting back to me the impact of the work that I do, right? So shout out to Kako, who hosted the first 
ever, ever, guys. Menopause Cafe in Zambia at the ACC offices. And this was facilitated by Nolene. Oh, Kako has been with Africana Woman from the beginning. Okay, we're talking about the beginning. <laughs> Back when we started with a virtual retreat to date, every year I have enjoyed watching her blossom literally just unfold. You know, when like a flower's petals are unfolding, that is Kako. And she is expanding as a leader. She's absolutely flourishing. And I'm so proud of her. Seriously, I get to support women in that way. This week, a book club member who lives in Zambia was sad because she could not be with her sister in the U.S. who had just lost her best friend. So she shared it in the community and another book lover who lives in the States reached out to her and offered to send her sister a care package. Like, you can't make this up. <laughs> that is the type of tribe we are in Africana Woman, okay? It is the opportunity for women to step out of their comfort zone by leading a book review and begin to explore the possibilities of, of their leadership in a safe and loving environment. I am so proud of each of the women who lead the book reviews because most of them come in very nervous and then they walk out shining with their head up high. Oh. That is the kind of work that I do, whilst it's not conventional and not easy to explain soul work in a few words. God knows. God knows what I do. And that's all I need. So when I grow up, I want to be like Nako, authentically living in her purpose, a creative soul. Thank you, sis, for sharing your heart. Please go find Nako on Instagram at Nako Kande. So it's N-N-A-K-O Kande. Follow her and let her know you heard her on the Africana Woman podcast. Tell her what you took away from this episode. Give her her roses because that's what we do, okay? Also support her by buying her fabulous books and artwork. If you are in the Chattanooga area, you may be in luck because you could experience her perform her poetry too, lucky people. <laughs> so you can find Africana Woman across all socials, very simple, at Africana Woman. The best way to support the podcast, the best way to support Africana Woman is to share it with someone. So that's my challenge for you today. Go share this with somebody, okay? The Africana Woman podcast is part of the Africana Woman Network. My name is Chulu, your host. Speak to you next time.